right, welcome back to Noria's Gear Talk podcast. I'm Wes Cash, your host, and here at Gear Talk, we are connecting reliability professionals with reliable information. I'm excited today. We have Charlie Matthews with us, uh, who's no stranger to industry, stranger to reliability. And I'm, I'm looking forward to diving into the realm of, you know, empowering people, how to make some of these changes actually occur in facilities or just in industry overall. So with that, Charlie, thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Wesley. I uh, loved the connecting reliability professionals. That is speaking my language right there. Uh, so I am the Charlie Matthews, the founder uh, and CEO of Empowering Brands. We have a media brand, Empowering Pumps and Equipment, and uh, community and events with Empowering Women in Industry. So a lot of different buckets out there, uh, but I like to say I like to connect people um, and businesses and empower them as well. So that is me in a nutshell. I could go on and on about the history of how I got into the reliability space uh, because, you know, it's always kind of strange for people. How did this media person um, with a finance degree get into reliability? So um, it really is about the people. And I fell in love with the equipment and the people behind it. And that's why I stay. And I'm, I love sharing stories. And so that is why I, I created Empowering Pumps and Equipment to stay in this industry, to connect people digitally through social media. And that is still very, very special uh, to my heart um, and definitely the podcast world and sharing, <laughs> sharing stories through podcasting is super fun. So Wesley, thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think it's great. You know, you talk about your, your background and, and how you get into things, because I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, reliability in a lot of cases is, is a mindset. You know, it's a collection of, of functions that we need to do. And it doesn't necessarily rely on, you know, someone having an engineering degree or having a huge experience in, in maintenance mechanics or um, even mechanical aptitude in some cases. Reliability is is making sure that the machine does what it needs to do when we need it to, to do it. And as a lot of people are figuring out, there's a huge culture component to, to reliability, to make sure that your team is bought in, to make sure that uh, people understand exactly what's going on. So if you don't mind diving into that, you know, I mean, you say you have a finance degree and, you know, kind of a background with that, but what is it with reliability? And, and when you're talking about connecting people and especially empowering people, how do you make that connection, you know, with your background into the reliability field? Well, I think it's really every industry has people, okay? And in order to know what's going on with our equipment, people have to tell us. And yes, they might have to use some type of system where they have to plug in the information, but I really the people are important to get on board with the, the, the strategy, the vision, the culture has to be um, in you as in, in your team. And you, you have to be able to share that. So it starts with leadership, right? Being able to set that vision and communicate with our employees, but then to give them a way to communicate back with you. And so whether that's on the shop floor where you are actually inputting information into machines, um, or if it's, you know, still on the shop floor, but you're all together huddled up and saying what the problem is or what the opportunities are. Um, and, and really taking a look at that. 
so many times there's an issue and we want to point to, okay, this is a, you know, a problem. We'll say problem pump. That'll be fun. And, uh, you know, it, we're trying to figure it out and then it would find out that it has nothing to do with the pump. It's either, you know, something along with a lubrication or, you know, a valve wasn't shut down the line or something like that. And so you have to look at why those things are happening over and over again. You know, what are the tendency of the people that are out there working? Um, maybe it's something that has nothing to do with work. Maybe it's something personal and there, you know, it's a tough time. Well, we've all been through a tough time, so we really understand that. Yeah. But when there are tough times and there's roadblocks um, within our personal life, that does affect our uh, professional life as well. So there's so many things that I point to communication and, you know, being um, in media and that background of connecting people and sharing stories. It's really about communicating and asking the right questions and then listening and finding out what is your team about? What are they passionate about? What are they trying to, you know, how are they trying to move the needle for the future? Um, and, you know, if it is just we have to create this product or we have to keep this system running because it's critical for people, that in itself is rewarding and inspiring and important. And we have to remind our we have to remind our people that that is the case. Well, Charlie, you bring up a, a very important part, the, the communication aspect and, and really the feedback from the field. I've been involved in, I, I don't even know how many failure investigations and problems of, of machines failing and the problem pump example that you brought mm -hmm. up. It turns out that, um, you know, some of the information exists in, in little packets, right? This person has some information. Another person has a little bit more. And we have to collect all that to, to come up with the full picture of exactly what happened. And I think part of that, the, the problem with some of this, because it, it, it seems very simple, is sometimes people aren't very comfortable sharing maybe their thoughts, maybe um, perceptions. I mean, who knows what it, it, it could be? You know, some people just want to maybe just clock in and do their job and, and go home. And I'm sure you run across this all the time. You know, people may be clammed up, a little bit unsure of themselves. So we, we have to foster an environment where people feel comfortable enough and you know, even encouraged to, to share their thoughts. Is that is that part partly what you're focusing on? Absolutely. Um, that psychological safety that we talk about and really trying to create an environment where people will open up for you. And, you know, our leaders, they have to be able to share, you know, problems that happen that they aren't comfortable with, right? It's something that they can, you know, be a human for once, you know, and just tell them like, this is what going, what's going on at the same time, having to lead. So you can't, you know, go um, overboard with your emotions or whatever. So there's some management there, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to create that environment where people will give you their feedback. And I, I know it's hard. I mean, even, even me, <laughs> I know I'm easy to talk to, but even my staff, sometimes they don't want to tell me something that's hard, right. Or that, right. you know, is uncomfortable or, you know, that I need to do better. And, you know, it's, we know that everybody needs to improve. And, and if we look at a culture that, that that's not going to mean that, you know, now the boss is going to treat you differently because you said something to them. Um, you have to kind of prove that to the employees. And I think that the way that you do that is you open up and you share things that are difficult for you. Um, and you ask for help in some areas. And, you know, one of the things is, okay, what do y'all think the problem is here? You know, as simple as I don't really know um, how to solve this. Can y'all help me understand what's going on? Uh, I need a little bit more information and, and really not always 
you know, think you have the answers, right? And, and kind of want to show posturing or whatever that, hey, I'm the boss, I know what's going on. Uh, because you may not, you know, and you may need their help. And I think that everybody on the team actually does want to contribute in whatever they're doing on their day to day, they know better than we do. Uh, and so we need that feedback. And so it's creating that space. And whether it is a roundtable talk, a one on one, or I really like um, I have a, a process where we have a weekly email. It's not a, it's not a it's not a did you do your job this? It's more like, this is what I, I'm giving you the opportunity to tell me what's going on this week um, I'm a, and to ask questions to me specifically. So we create that space of, you know, you either have an open door policy, you have time set aside, you have, you know, just access to our leaders to be able to, you know, um, share our ideas. And, and one thing we have to really be cautious of is that if somebody brings something to the table and you're constantly not going with it, right? You've right. created a space where, okay, well, I'm not going to tell them because they're not going to do anything. And that's got to be frustrating for the employee. So, um, you know, picking your battles as well. Uh, I think that one of the advice that I can give, um, you know, as we're moving through new things um, and people, you know, new people come into the team and that kind of thing, you know, it may not be the same way that that other employee would do it or that you would do it yourself, but is it wrong? you know, and allow them the space to grow and understand. And, you know, sometimes they will fail and failure will teach us something, you know, what can we learn from that failure? And change can be messy at times. I mean, yeah, it it absolutely can be a failure, you know, as, as a parent, right. I I mean, we, we see this from time to time, right. Sometimes there is, uh, you give people enough latitude and I mean, there can be some painful lessons with it. And I know that when we think about reliability, I mean, the, the, analogy of of parenting to reliability is is used quite a bit but you know we have a a huge penalty of failure uh, on both sides right on on one side it's our our children the other side it's it's machines and and we're going against downtime right i mean there could be huge financial implications with some of this and i think maybe that's where some of the you know fear may come in of, of people maybe not wanting to make a change maybe they feel like they've got the right answer but they don't want to link their name to a recommendation that ultimately leads to, to some sort of failure. And I, I like the term psychological safety, right? People being able and, and willing to, to share their thoughts and their opinions, because ultimately it seems like in a lot of cases that the, the technician at the floor, whether this is a maintenance technician, whether this is an operator, um, whoever it may be, often have pretty decent ideas on what may um uh, make things easier, may make them run better. And and I have found that if you are willing and able to accept some of those and actually implement some of them, mm-hmm. you have a more engaged team, right? The, the power of an engaged team is is remarkable. And usually they, they say, you know, in a lot of like, um, I read a lot of human resources materials, and they say that it's not necessarily job satisfaction that you should be looking at as much as it is job engagement. How engaged are your employees? Because they feel like that's a, a better metric because people can be absolutely happy, but be unengaged with their work. So I think this engagement topic that you're talking about of people offering up the suggestions and then putting them into practice, actually implementing them is huge. 100%. I think you get buy in. Absolutely. And I, I don't I didn't mean to cut you off. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's where I think that, that we should be looking at is not feeling like as the, the reliability engineer, you have to have all the answers. Because once again, that's a psychological safety thing that you're going to be viewed 
as somewhat inept, or maybe you you feel like you have to justify your job. So you need all the answers. It needs to be sophisticated. It needs to be difficult. And in many cases, it's it may not be. Yeah, I think we're taught that. I think we're taught to have the answers, right? And to, you know, not want something uh, attached to you. If something goes bad, then it's, you know, you personally, like you as a person are wrong and not like, okay, that was the wrong solution for that problem. You know, so we have to, we have to look at it in a lot of different ways, but you know, people do have to do the work, you know, we have yeah. to do good work. We want to strive for excellence, um, but we're not perfect. And so we have to know that about all of us, even the leaders at the top. Um, I also, I thought it was interesting, you know, looking at, you know, that critical equipment environment and how intense that is and how, you know, some things can't fail, right? People right. die, if things fail. Um, and so there are all these other uh, safety protocols and different things like that, that we have to take care of um, and really have a mindset or a, a culture, uh, you can even say it, but it, you have to practice that. It has to be something that, you know, you're talking about on a regular basis. You're showing up with your hard hat on correctly. You know, you are taking the role of I'm going to show and lead by example here because it is important in that setting. It's so important. So you have to know what are those top things that you have to uh, encourage your team and direct your team that this is a non-negotiable, right? Um, yeah. I used to, you know, I'm really bad at spelling and I always misspell words and, um, but I, but I'm also very critical of it. Right. So if I see misspell words, it just drives me crazy, you know, because I'm have to be so careful not to do it. Um, but it happens. And, you know, I, I have to also be able to say, you know, I did, I do that too. And I'm comparing something that is definitely not critical. Um, yeah. But I, I just wanted to say like, um, and show that comparison of like what you think is important may not no, it may not be important to somebody else. So you have to make sure that you are stressing and telling them the why it's important to you and why it's important for our success on the team. And so in, in media and social media, you know, it is important to get it right. You know, the first time you don't want to have to edit it, but thank goodness they've gotten the social media channels where you can edit <laughs> posts now. Um, the, the, that was such a pet peeve of mine with the uh, old Twitter to not be able to edit that. So one of the uh, the books that I read said, "What you permit, you promote." Right. So exactly. this is uh, the same thing, right? So you, what you're allowing yourself to do, right? You're promoting for for other people to do, or anything that you don't criticize or, or condemn or anything could could be an issue. So you have to be cognizant in that regard as well. So especially if you're in a leadership position. And let's say that, you know, in our world, we're looking at lubrication programs. If if we permit the lube room to get messy, then that's basically the the standard operating procedure at that point, right? We're, we're promoting that, that now all of a sudden cleanliness is not as important. So yeah, picking your battles, I think you're absolutely right. And you have to, to know which ones are the most important because other ones may not be nearly as, as big of a deal. I do have to say that that one is really important. I have learned that in the reliability and maintenance world that you've got to have the clean oils and greases in there and <laughs> helping you out. So uh, make sure that y'all take note of that. If you're listening to this, that always check it, always check to make sure that it's clean. Uh, and, and it is important. And so to your point, Wes, it's like, what are you trying to accomplish as a team? And can your whole team get on board with that? Um, 
since I'm in Tuscaloosa, there's Nick Saban who, you know, gives us these words of wisdom. And he says, you know, high achievers, they, they, they love, you know, you know, creating stuff, but you know, high achievers don't like mediocrity, right? Like, and being around people, um, that are, that love mediocrity is not something that we're going to really want to do. And we're not going to, we're going to have conflict constantly. So anyway, he says high achievers do not want to be around mediocre people and mediocres don't want to be around high achievers. So let's make everybody kind of perform at the highest level and then we'll have a really great team. And so I can kind of get behind that. I, I don't want everybody to try to achieve, 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 right? We've learned that through our leadership launch pad programs that we, we want to focus on being high performers and creating that opportunity for excellence. But if something does happen, we're not, we don't have to be perfect, right? What are, what are the things that, where's the spaces that we can allow for creativity and innovation? And what are the spaces that we know um, that this is a critical safety way to do this, that we have to follow these rules this way. And this is why either way, whichever environment we're trying to get across, we have to be able to communicate that and get it, get everybody on that same uh, mindset to, to, of growth and success. Right. And it takes, it takes excellence. Uh, it really does. It's you're striving for that excellence, but not to the point where you're damaging our people. Right. right. And they're, and, so I, I feel like this would not be a podcast without Charlie Matthews if we didn't get into something that I know you're incredibly passionate about, which is further uh, beyond just empowerment, but specifically empowering women. So obviously you're you're involved in all sorts of different outlets and the reliability space is one that while there's not a lot of women, you're starting to see more and more of them. They're starting to be, you know, user organizations that are, you know, women with a reliability focus or women in engineering. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to turn it over to, to you to talk about, you know, maybe if, if people are listening that, that may be having women on their team or maybe there, there are women listening themselves, maybe some words of advice or words of wisdom from you. Well, I'll say this. There are women out there in reliability. First yeah. of all, just know that, that they are there, they are working, they're doing a great job. Absolutely. Uh, I remember going to a conference and uh, it was a, it was a bunch of women in reliability. I'm like, wow, I found my people here that yeah. understand like what it pumps and equipment's all about. So that really made me happy. Um, but I think part of it is, you know, no, we're qualified. But the other thing you said earlier about confidence, um, you know, sometimes we get in our own way. And I think women um, being in kind of these male um, populated fields, you, you sometimes question, like, am I supposed to be here? And the, the other side of that is we love it here. Like we love the equipment. I mean, I love a plant tour. It's one of my favorites. Um, but the people out that are in the field and working, they can do it. And we have tools and different things that make it, you know, a very even playing field as far as, you know, strength, traditional strength talk and that kind of thing is not quite the same. Some industries are, some things are, um, but for our women, that sense of community and having the confidence to, to kind of set your goals in place. That is a lot of that emotional intelligence, the psychological safety, like in the environment where you work, do you feel safe there? Right. That's going to be a question that you have to ask yourself. And if not, is it something that you can address? Right. Is it just that you haven't talked about it to somebody you haven't you know, opened up that communication right. um, to find out, you know, how can we make it better around here? Maybe you're the first woman that has stepped place in this plant and they haven't even thought about what 
it needs to look like for you to be there. You know, does it doesn't have the proper bathrooms. Do you have PPE that fits you? Da, 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 da. And yeah. we have solutions in those areas, but we may not, but think about where the environment that you're coming into that they may not have ever thought about it and give them some empathy there and, and just right. give them some grace and time to, to, put in place what you need and they're not going to know. So you're going to have to speak up and tell you. So I like to say (laughs) empowering means to give people the power and authority to do something, but really it is, you already have that power within you. We just have to shine that light and let you understand, you know, help you understand and see what your potential is, what you're actively doing already, that you already are a leader because you're here and you have a voice and you have influence. And I think that, what I want empower, empowering women in industry to look like into um, that community of the why we brought everybody together is for one, to give them resources, right? Things that we weren't taught, like the financial side of things. A lot of us don't have that acumen for the tradeswomen, you know, that they have the proper PPE so they can do their job. I tried to unscrew um, the little bolts on the side of the, the pump and I didn't have the right size gloves on it. And that is difficult. Not that that's how you would do it, but you know, <laughs> you've got to have the right size. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is just what women bring to the table with that encouraging, uh, side of us. Um, not that men can't be encouraging. It's just a natural dynamic. I, I see, sure. uh, men being competitive a lot. Women are competitive too, but the nature of that encouraging and bringing that into the room, uh, I think is so important. So I don't want women to lose, uh, the feminine traits that they have. We both have masculine and feminine within us. And I think that we bring that and we look at things differently, right? And just how is this going to affect if we change and move all of these different components How's that going to affect that person that's worked this way for 40 years? You know, like, what is that going to look like? And if you, if you can include um, empathy and kind of that feminine, feminine energy into your teams, you'll, it'll be amazing what type of additional diverse ideas and thinking you will bring. And it could be the simplest, simplest thing that, you know, it's an easy fix. You just haven't thought about it that way. So with empowering women in industry, bringing that community together is one of my favorite things. And it doesn't, it's not that we are um, not happy to work men and women in the same field, right? We have to have that. It's I agree. what tools do they need? What tools do they need? Yeah. Well, I know that we're, we're running low on time here, but I want to make sure uh, tell people how they can connect with you, where they can find you. Yes, absolutely. So um, since we were just talking about empowering women, I'll say empoweringwomeninindustry.com. You can connect with me on any of the social media channels. I love uh, a DM on LinkedIn. Uh, I would be happy to connect with you there. I'm Charlie K. Matthews on all the Uh, social media platforms. (laughs) Well, Charlie, thank you so much. Uh, Very important topics. Uh, I think that obviously there's different aspects to, to reliability. There's different aspects to leadership. We need to be focusing on ourselves as much as we focus on our other people. Always room to improve on both accounts. And hopefully uh, you'll come back to the to the podcast in the future. Absolutely. All right. That's what I like to hear. And for those of you that are joining us on YouTube or anywhere that you get your podcast, thank you so much for, for listening. If you have any questions, comments, if there's topics that you'd like us to cover in future episodes, 
Um, you can email us at podcast at noria.com. Be sure to, to like and subscribe. Uh, make sure you get the notifications when new episodes are available. And I'm, I'm Wes Cash once again here with Gear Talk. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.